Welcome into Loserville, folks. Um, Twitter exploded this last week. Uh, exploded is a very strong word. Uh, municipal government nerds in Dallas became very excited this last week when it became apparent that the city council was going to consider the performance and qualifications of TC Broadnax in a special call closed session. Although I believe they've now converted that to a, uh, a closed session during a regular meeting this Wednesday. Um, and uh, many of you, and by many I mean three, uh, were adamant on Twitter that uh, Loserville must uh, have a special episode. And we decided that you were right. So I'm joined by the uh, effervescent Tyler Wade. And because there is only one journalist in Dallas history to get TC Broadnax on a podcast, we had to join our old friend TC Fleming uh, in the in the IJB studios here in East Dallas. Hello, Tyler and TC. Yeah, we're happy to have TC, lead TC Dallas expert. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I, I don't really remember uh, what he and I talked about, but uh, he's recorded, so I guess I go back and listen. But I'll draw on that. To Actually, I, I want to take this moment to encourage you to get with Machine or whoever you need to, to get the original uh, All Dallas Politics is Local episodes available to the public again. No. It take too much work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. <laughs> it's just never one of those things that's going to be like the top priority, you know. Just like whatever, whatever, like the replacement level activity in my life is working to get you know five year old podcast episodes that three people want to hear to work again. It's just never going to beat like I don't know staring at a wall. As one of the three, I'm offended. Yeah, okay. <laughs> uh, I also can't I probably find... have them on a hard drive. I could just personally give them to you. That would, you know, handle most of and it. And I will republish them on Anchor now that I know how to do that, just as a public service to everybody else. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, I I think they're... The, I, I've, I've had computers break on me. I think I know where they are, but I'm not... I'm not 100 percent there. I think I've mentioned this. That's to not you, about the news of the day to you. Also, there, there are hundreds of episodes of IJB that are no longer available. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's probably happy about that. It's, it's, it's a factor in why they're not. up. Oh. gotcha. Well, um, they, they broke. To be clear, it's, it wasn't like some plan by us. There's a, a problem with the server. But then when it was like, should we put effort into fixing clear. this problem? It's like, so should I work hard to do a thing that might well get me fired? I don't know. <laughs> there you go. Would it be helpful to kind of, for folks that uh, don't obsess over Dallas politics, to give uh, sort of a, a brief summary of what exactly went down on Friday? I think it would be extremely helpful. It, it's not, I mean, honestly, it's not even going to be boring to us because it's so fresh and it's a little bit. It's at least slightly unexpected, although we can we can talk about warning signs. I, I definitely I, I'd love to just yeah, I figure we will like uh, just recap how the relationship get here. What are the forces? I mean, I, I don't remember. It I know great. I, I know you've told me your theory on why Eric Johnson and TC Broadnecks don't get along. I don't remember if it was on the podcast or not. 
Is that something you're willing to share in a recorded setting? Oh yeah, no, I've shared it multiple okay. times. So absolutely, and it's and it, and it's getting you know it's becoming clearer what the issue is, and it's also I think clearer that I am right. So of course I want to talk about it. <laughs> All right. So to, to give folks just the, the quick blurb, so news broke Friday that Mayor Johnson and city councilors Paula Blackman, Gay uh, Donald Willis, and Kara Mendelson requested a special meeting of the city council for Wednesday, June 15th, as Philip alluded to, uh, to discuss the job performance of city manager T.C. Broadnax. Um, Eric Johnson's statement was, quote, uh, I believe it is time for a change in city management. Uh, several of my duly elected colleagues on the Dallas City Council have made it clear in recent days they also believe it is time for a change. We are ready to move forward and discuss how best to build for the future of our great city and its amazing people. And that is why I've placed the item on the City Council's agenda for next week. Um, according to reporting from CBS... So that's Tristan Hallman's take on it. Yes. According to reporting from CBS 11... You said I'm a... a ma- what was the word? Wonderful? Amazing? A wonderful, amazing... Uh, great city and it's amazing nice people. Uh, Jack Fink from CBS 11 uh, reported that Broadnax was given a sort of an ultimatum of noon on Friday, Friday to submit his resignation or the counselors and the mayor would move to call an executive session to discuss his performance. I can semi-corroborate that. Broadnax. Good on him to be like... You fucking figured out. Like, yeah. you know, I'll call. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> call me back when you have the votes. <laughs> Broadnax said in his response uh, that quote uh, periodic performance review is critical to me and all city employees to demonstrate progress and ensure transparency for our residents, taxpayers, and stakeholders. Uh, I am proud of the hard work which had led to accomplishment of many goals related to the city council's eight strategic priorities. And look forward to sharing the real, R-E-A-L, acronym, impact we continue to make to improve the lives of Dallas residents in ways that are responsible, equitable. What the fuck is that acronym? Well, here we go. Responsible, equitable, accountable, and legitimate together as one Dallas. Um, That's annoying as fuck. I'm (laughs) not an acronym guy myself. Also reporting from D Magazine that Mayor uh, Pro Tempore Chad West... And Tanel Atkins, uh, along with Willis, met with Broadnex earlier last week um, and sort of in that meeting allegedly gave him the courtesy of submitting a letter of resignation. I can kind of dispute that. Tanel Atkins was asked about this. This is my favorite part of reporting from this. And his response was, quote, it's messy and I don't get a no mess. And that's my statement. All right. Um, I can definitely dispute that. <laughs> and then reporting from Sometimes the, he gets in some mess. Uh, <laughs> his entire fortune is the result <laughs> of a pretty serious mess. What's the story? Uh, he was the uh, master leaseholder at uh, what was Redbird Airport back then. Now was known as uh, Dallas Executive. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, Dwayne uh, Carraway... Um, started fucking with him so bad that he wound up suing the city of Dallas for violating his lease, and he won about $3 million. Wow. And that's, that, that is how Tanel Atkins, as in his words... That's how he became a in his words, council member? He, he, you don't have to worry about him taking any money because he's already rich. <laughs> wow. The uh, additional reporting from the Dallas Morning uh, News yesterday has sort of broken parties in the city council into a couple of different camps. So 
it's pretty clear that the main proponents of uh, Broadnax's firing are Kara Mendelssohn, Gay Dadell Willis, and Paula Blackman, along with Mayor Johnson. Uh, it seems to be less clear uh, where Chad West and Tanel Atkins stand on this. It's clear where Tanel is. I would say uh, e- that it's possible that even Chad doesn't know where Chad is. You there think? Mm-hmm. are four counselors who have spoken out against it. Um, Carolyn King, Arnold, Jaime Resendez, Omar Narvaez, and Paul Ridley. Janie Schultz also seems to be She appears to be skeptical. against it. And then that sort of leaves four council members then that have not at this point issued sort of a public comment being uh, Casey Thomas, Jesse Moreno, Adam Basildua, and Adam Magoo. Uh, we were talking a little bit about this, Philip, on Friday. So the number of votes needed, is it a simple majority or is it sort of a, a three-quarters majority or what are the exact? To, to terminate his contract and fire him, it's 10 votes. Um, the, the, I have a source for this for the statements you're going to hear me make on this podcast who will not be identified because this person is um, not a public servant, um, has asked me for advice on the exchange of a promise of confidentiality, and it's a person that, I mean, I would respect that out of anybody, but this is a person who also I have a great deal of respect for. Um, but the information, I'm, I know I'm not... Um, I know what I'm allowed to say and not say. So there, I've got some inside stuff. The advocates think they have nine votes. They're not very wavery about that. Um, with this council, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I have a very um, uh, set of, mixed set of feelings about this council because as you know, as individuals, I love them. Like the, these are really good people. Um, they have great ideas. They're super interesting. Um, and I really, really like them. But, you know, they've been together for a year now and they haven't done a fucking thing, you know, and they're not I would not say this council is marked by courage. Like there there is not a single strong leader on the council. Um, and there, I know that there are going to be a couple people who will hear this and be mildly offended. And, uh, I, am more than happy to go over the record with them if they would, if they would like to be offended about, about hearing the truth. Maybe I, the, you could do that on the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> the truth. Yeah. <laughs> Just sit down with them, give them your, yeah. your review here, here, of why they're not here, a good leader. Here's, here's where you are. <laughs> no, they're good leaders. They're just not, they don't they don't stick their necks out. There's not a lot of like people leading from the front, you know? And, um, so anyway, hearing the paper sort of count noses, I don't see any path to nine. I don't think nine is there unless you can get another African American other than Tanel, who I think Tanel is in favor of making a change. So what you, you said that they that the proponents think that they have nine, mm-hmm. but you but, don't. But you don't think that they have nine. Well, well just hearing that, yeah, who counting is through, it? yeah, who can it be? Yeah, who's publicly right made statements? They're at four with Kara, Gay, Paula, and Eric. It sounds like Tanel maybe a fifth. Right, Tanel, I think is is almost certainly a fifth. We, know. I think they have one of the Latinos. 
Um, it's always possible they have Adam McGue. I have no information on that, obviously. I mean, Adam and Kara seem to be inseparable on most things uh, of late. Of late, I'd say that's true. But all the, you know, the thing motivating uh, Adam is he's about to be out of a job and he got his other job, his feathered nest kind of ruined <laughs> for him. Um, I just don't understand how that's not a big a deal. I mean, you know, if well, gonna, Sharon Grigsby was really mad about it in a column. So that's good. I don't know how many investigations of that issue there are, TC, but I know that at least one is not over. Okay. Well, <laughs> I'll keep watching that. It's, I mean, you know, if, if we're going to get into that, then we're just not going to end up discussing all we need to discuss about the matter at hand. But so anyway, boy, we're, we're going at on seven there. and the, it, you know, uh, who else are you going to get? Carolyn Arnold's on record, right? Yeah, Carolyn, Jaime, Omar, and, and Paul are all hey, definitive no's. So you could and Janie seems to be a no. You could potentially have a Casey there, but where's nine? I mean, they could be counting Chad. Uh, I, I, I have reason think, to believe they're not counting Chad. I mean, like, I was uh, surprised by what you said because I would have thought that Chad was keep DC certainly uh, why I, I mean I nothing specific like just uh, to lay my cards on the table uh, I, I don't think it's a good idea and I think that Chad's a smart guy who can also see what isn't a good idea basically well I, I mean that's that's where the story gets really messy is I don't expect Chad to take bad votes and I think it'd be a bad vote here's where things get super messy. Um, when Eric got elected mayor, his first major initiative was to try to get rid of TC mm -hmm. and he wound up coalescing the rest of the council against him in support of TC. Mm -hmm. Now, the stuff that has happened since then is the city's entire permitting process broke. Yeah. We're making less money on development than we used to make two years ago, even though it's the hottest real estate market in ever. Um, and I don't know how anybody looks at TC's handling of COVID and says that that was successful. Now, COVID was hard. I mean, I, I don't want to, it's really unfair to say that wasn't a leadership challenge, but I was reading this morning about Anne Hidalgo in, in Paris, um, uh, if people want to say that's an unfair comparison, that's fine. She does have a lot of power and she is very charismatic and, and all that stuff. But she, if, from my perspective, she was in a similar situation to TC and she transformed Paris into something that people are a, yet again for the millennia that Paris has existed it has always been an acme for how to build cities and she did it again. Like she's she has made it the model of the world again. And Dallas, I would argue, from its handling of COVID, is examples of what not to do. And so I think I think really the permitting office and really really the handling of COVID are two incredibly bad marks on uh, TC Broadnax's resume, not TC Fleming's. Yeah, no, I I think that the the permitting thing, especially that's it's it's a disaster. It's an embarrassment that it is where it is. Like it's I yeah. As far as like something that made me lose confidence in him, absolutely, it's killed my confidence in him. 
but I just look at, you know, I mean, I don't know I, who's, if you fire him, what's, what's my faith that whoever comes in will be better. It's not there at all. They're definitely going to be worse. I mean, but, I don't know. I don't yeah. want to say definitely, but I, I, I feel a real pessimism that uh, Eric Johnson and the, you know, the, the other folks on the council are going to come up with someone that's better. Like I, I think that they're going to come up with someone that uh, Ray Hunt really likes. That seems that uh, that seems like a real danger. Yeah, uh, well, and that's sort of I think the interesting thing about this in particular, right? And I think you've hit the nail on the head, TC. Right? Is that it's there are definitely plenty of reasons to not have faith in TC Brightnax's ability to continue running the city. Right? We've mentioned COVID handling. You've talked about the contracting issue. I think the two terabytes of police department data that yeah. you know was not made public by you know Broadnax that the city council and the public had to find about it out about it from DA John Crusoe. No, 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 no. They they told they told Jennifer Gates, Tyler. What's, it's totally unfair. They told Jennifer Gates, yeah, uh, who was no longer on the city council right at the time. But or, or she was 15 minutes from walking out the door, whatever the <laughs> yeah. fuck it was. But good job, Jennifer, alerting us all. Um, you know, and so you know, that, uh, not great, but I, I think also of the things that I appreciate about TC, one, probably chief among them is his ability to irritate Eric Johnson um, and and be, you know, the primary, especially with how council, I, I think, has sort of publicly sort of shifted uh, in this time being the only thing that is keeping the worst angels of Eric Johnson from being able to win the day. Um, that worries me a lot. Well, right? the political, so here's the, how the political calculus changed in the time since council found its footing and joined cause together to defeat Eric Johnson on this specific issue is TC Broadnax gave the mayor the white hat. I mean, it, this no longer looks like the mayor trying to pick his own uh, city manager, at least. I mean, to us, it does. And obviously, we're going to distrust his motives. But it, he can now make a reasonable public case that there are performance issues that require a change without seeming like he's doing something underhanded. And he definitely has allies in this fight that also don't appear to have necessarily underhanded reasons for saying they want to change. You can make the argument now. now but we're in, it is such a weird position because- That's why it's such a mess that he's let the permitting get like this. Mm -hmm. Because he, he knew, like from when the, I mean, you know, who knows what, the, you could probably tell us when the problem started. Like, I, I don't think the permitting's ever been exemplary. Uh, but it's it's gotten much worse over the last couple of years. It's and, gotten worse or not better. I mean, that's and, and my, during that time, yeah. he's known the entire time that if there's a single reason for Eric to be able to get it, like that, that Eric's going to use it. Like it's obvious he's just been like laying in wait, like hoping that something like this would happen. So for you know, it, like on its face, it's just bad to have the permitting like it is. Like it's it's really harmful to the city, legitimately. Uh, but to also like you know the, jeopardize your job in such a clear fashion, I just I don't know how he hasn't solved this now. I I, I almost wondered if he's tired. You know, if so, then why not just do the resignation when they ask for it. Yeah, I don't know. I you know I, I try to piece people's actions together to tell a story like all humans do, mm -hmm. and I'm looking for strategy. I don't want I, I don't want a comedy or a tragedy. I want 
to understand what they were thinking and why they were thinking it. And, you know, as with Mayor Johnson, it is incredibly hard to see strategy in the actions and words of T.C. Broadnax. And I'm sad about that because even if council ultimately decides and even if the public sort of reasonably decides that the, the recent poor performance is a reason to make a change, he still will be atop the leaderboard as the greatest city manager the city of Dallas ever had. Uh, faint praise, but yeah. It is faint praise, but, you know, you take what you can get. At least he wasn't crooked. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? That's a, well, and yeah, part of me wonders, too, you know, are we fundamentally, and obviously, you know, Philip, you were involved in the interview process as a, as a counselor. Are we fundamentally failing to understand T.C. Brodnax's worldview of assuming that everybody has a political angle as opposed to him truly just like trying to do the best to keep the city functioning right and that you know maybe his ego differently certain than eric johnson is not tied up in so much in having the job is that you know tc broadnax is just like look we're trying to make things better and he has made some things better he's got skins on the wall he's done some good things um his, in his first year, he cleaned house down there pretty nicely. Um, he made some great hires. Um, he managed to not do the, you know, pull pot thing and wholesale throw out everybody. Um, and, and he kept some key people that have done good jobs. Elizabeth Rach at, at CFO is probably the lead example of that. But in the time since then, his hiring has become a real disaster. Like he has really shown a weakness at personnel. And, uh, you know, the reasons we wanted to hire him, this great resume from San Antonio and from Tacoma, where I, I have to tell you, they still talk good about him these years later. We haven't discovered something else in his past that was misrepresented or oversold. Uh, and he did stuff with economic development in Tacoma that we wanted to do in Dallas and that he promised us in the interviews back in 2016. He promised us this in the interviews that to this day is not one iota closer to coming to pass here in Dallas, uh, even though Scott and I demanded that they do an economic development um, comprehensive plan. All these comprehensive plans we've passed. He, he and his staff have resolutely refused to implement them. And that's that's real frustrating. Yeah, yeah. That stuff's terrible. It's like, I, I don't know. I, I like I, I could probably talk myself like if they do end up uh, getting rid of him, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I, it's not like it's impossible to do better. Well, I could also talk myself into a scared straight deal where you yeah, know I think that's what I'd prefer. He survives a scrape and cleans up his act a little bit. I wouldn't I, mind I that. I don't think it's impossible for him to do much better than he's doing. Like I I, I don't have a low opinion. Like despite the the clear failures, like the, the failures surprise me, right? Like uh it's not like I'm like, well, you know, that's probably the best he can do. I think that he could do much better. Well, I you know it's a personal thing, but I can't stand the way he manages the police department. Um, sure. It's way too expensive and provides very little value for taxpayers. And it's it's the single largest line item in the budget. So if you're grading him on 
efficiency of budgeting and management. I mean, he, he's definitely not going to get above a C. Yeah. Yeah, we've solved crime in Dallas, though. Yeah, I mean, Eric got to give a testify on Capitol Hill about, you know, how he and Chief Garcia have cleaned up the streets and made Dallas so much safer. Yeah, well, you and I have talked about this before. the The vast, vast majority of violent crime is domestic, and that shit hadn't gone down at all. Yeah. So, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about how Eric has wanted to. Uh, get rid of TC and install his own guy the entire time. I mean, I think in part that's like pretty much everyone who uh, becomes mayor in Dallas is frustrated that they can't do more with that title than they are actually allowed to. Uh, you know, like I, 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 I mean, I don't know, you know, Eric was in government before. I'm sure he knows more than me about uh, what, you know, exactly the specifics of being mayor are. Uh, and what you can and can't do, but they—they, they, I don't know. He—he he seemed to think that uh, he'd be able to just institute sweeping changes that he wanted just what? because he'd won the election. And I don't know that I think that's the case. I think he just wants to be important. But yeah. What I don't understand about Eric Johnson, right, is that when he has the opportunity to, right, you are limited uh, with the city manager system in terms of the actual change you're able to impact, but you can at least try, right? Uh, but he doesn't even really do. That. I mean, I, I moved here in May of, of 20, right? Uh, and, and the second week I lived here was when the George Floyd protests were going on downtown. And to have an African-American man be the mayor of the ninth largest city in the country and him be silent the entire time was just baffling. Oh, worse than worse than yeah, silent. Yeah. He mean, went he went and visited Greg the Abbott and Yeah, well, no, yeah. during the protests, instead of joining the protesters, he or even like I mean, attending, he, right, he was it, yeah. in the he was in the police headquarters, looking at the emergency operations, and you know, thinking about things from that sort of PR standpoint. Honestly, the easiest thing to do is to roll up your shirt sleeves and have a press conference in front of City Hall and be like, "Yes, yeah, so this is not great, right? What happened to George Floyd was murder, and that's not great." You know, and then, you know, as we're sitting there, one, you know, I'm shopping at the grocery store on the Sunday that the uh, citywide curfew went into place. And then, you know, I'm watching on Channel 5 as we're, you know, chasing protesters onto the bridge and arresting them. Uh, and he's just completely absent during that entire thing when the easiest part of being mayor, even if you don't have real power, is just uh, to be able to use that bully pul pulpit um, in, in a way to be like, yeah, so we think this is not great. And so when I think about that with him, you know, my thing is, well, God, is his future becoming a Republican and running for some sort of statewide office and is that what kept him from doing that because those to me are such easy wins that could have definitely endeared him to a large number of people in Dallas that he just refused to do at all and I can't quite understand why well two things who kettled the protesters and gassed them the Dallas police the Dallas police department who the fuck do they work for yeah TC Broadnax they work for TC Broadnax and so even though we have the recording of Renee Hall encouraging her officers to violence for which I think she should be investigated and maybe imprisoned. Frankly, I, I not enough was made of that either. I think TC, mm -hmm. um, the, Did she get uh, that other job she kept touting that she had. Uh, I've never heard, uh, I've never heard an update on this exciting new opportunity <laughs> she was pursuing. Um, but, um, you know, Eric Johnson and TC Broadnax have both had 
extraordinary powers since March of 2020 because of the disaster declaration. So the idea that he he didn't have enough power to, for instance, do the street improvements that Paris did is false. He could have done it. Eric Johnson could have done it. Either one of them could be doing way more. So you're talking about Eric Johnson being frustrated with his lack of power. That's on him, man. And I would say that the that what we've seen out of him is that he doesn't show up and work ever. Leaves meetings early, right? I mean, left budget meetings early to go attend to law firm duties. I no, assume. he's not at the law firm. I've got or my people at doing. that law firm. They don't see him there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, I just I don't know. I, I'm I'm trying to get like uh, I'm, I'm trying to analyze, you know, what what is the friction between them, and uh, you know, I want to get to uh, the the you know like uh, the stories you have. But, but before I did that, I just wanted to like kind of give like you know what's what's like the most innocent explanation for why Eric doesn't like TC because I mean it was within months of Eric coming into office that he was issuing pointed statements. Uh, that were like clearly like I, I I was for two people that have to work together in such a high profile manner. I was shocked that he's like I, I just I thought there would be no situation where the mayor would say stuff like that about the city manager because it's like you know either you have the votes to get rid of him and then do so or. Uh, you don't, and then you have to be making the relationship as good as it could possibly be. Well, and it was so clear that he didn't have any real power behind these statements that it just looked like a toddler having a tantrum, right? Yeah, and like to what end? Like, what's the strategy? How is this going to make like any of your goals that you have as mayor? How are they going to be furthered by this? I I can't think of a way. Uh, and you know, it's played out since then that I, I don't, I don't think the city's better off because, uh, you know, he doesn't like TC, but what are, what are your, like, you know, what are, what are your insights into what soured that relationship? Uh, I think that relationship was probably doomed from the start, but the story that everybody tells, which sounds too petty to be the real source of the friction, but I think actually is, is Deskgate. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric came in and, you know, unlike previous mayors, he's not wealthy. He didn't have office furniture to move into the mayor's office. And Rawlings took his very nice furniture with him, as as you do, you know. And so TC was going to um, either scavenge around City Hall to find some stuff for the mayor's office or spend a not huge amount of money to furnish the office using um, his administrative power to spend a certain amount of money. And Eric instead went shopping and found what he wanted, including a desk that the desk alone was $22,000. I don't know what this desk is made out of. A Uh, piece of the HMS Resolute. Yes, possible. And, And TC refused to do it and they got into a massive dust up. But, you know, the result of that dust up was that ultimately Broadnax relented and, and, and Eric is sitting behind the $22,000 desk. Well, when he's there. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, it, sitting there maybe sometimes. <laughs> uh, it's interesting you describe that, Philip, as being too petty to imagine that when uh, I hear that story and based on my perception of Eric Johnson, 
uh, that almost I would guarantee would be a thing that would. I I just you know, as a person who doesn't think much of coincidence and who sees or tries to see, I should say, um, motives and strategies. That's that's very very depressing to me if our local politics is running on the hurt feelings of people who are so thin skinned. Definitely. Uh, but you know, with any conflict, you, like it, I don't think that there are petty conflicts. I think that, you know, everything is a proxy for whether or not you're being respected. And I'm sure that I, like, I don't think it's good. I like, I, I just wouldn't have asked for the $22,000 desk, you know, like I, I think that that's a bad move. I, I can't imagine thinking that that's how I wanted to spend the city budget. Uh, but if, if I was like, you know, insisted that this is important and like the person's like, just like saying no, uh, I don't know, you know, it's, you're taking information from what, what they think about you, uh, from that. And you know, what someone thinks about you, like there's nothing petty about that. Right. Like caring about someone else's opinion of like how you're seen, I don't know that, that that's worth fighting over. I guess, I don't know, it just, yes, okay, your own evaluation of the value of somebody else's opinion of you is is your own, but if you're basing it on the $22,000 desk fight, I'm just going to go back to saying that's petty. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, listen, I, I don't think it's good. Like, I think that Eric's, uh, making a mistake there, but I'm just saying like, I don't, I'm not surprised. Like, I, I don't think that it's like, uh, insane that someone could be offended by like, you know, you know what I mean? Like, like, I think that it's misleading to say it's about a desk. It's about, you know, what respect he feels that he's getting in that situation. And he is sort of famously the guy who jumps to the conclusion that he's being disrespected, no matter what other explanations might exist for the circumstances that he sees. Yeah. I've heard more than one story about him that, that seems to indicate that. I mean, he just, you know, he just seems like a guy that, uh, just has some unhealthy reactions to stuff like that in general. Like, you know, it's a weird, seems it's like a, more angry than your regular mm-hmm. person. It's a weird record though. Cause like one of his most famous ones was the El Blacco, um, deal where he was feeling disrespected by the Dallas County Democratic Party mm-hmm. um, and had some weird social media posts where he called himself El Blacco. Um, and he was kind of, I mean, weird reaction. I'm not condoning the reaction that he had, but what the Dallas County Democratic Party had done is to do a candidate school with his predecessor, Terry Hodge, who he beat for the, the 100, you know, the district 100 seat, he mm-hmm. was still in that seat and his own County party is having this lady who, by the way, went to prison mm-hmm. to, to teach candidates. And he's like, really, you're going to do that to a sitting democratic elected official. And he was right. That's he's right. And they were wrong. You can say his reaction was strong, but I thought it was justified. Now there are, 10 examples since then of him taking unwarranted offense in situations where yeah. he could either let it go or actually even just sort of take the position that the facts meant different things than that somebody disrespected 
Eric Johnson. It doesn't appear that he was disrespected in some of the situations where he's lost his temper. Yeah. Because so, he's a narcissist, right? I mean, he's the Trump on the, the Trinity. Um, and when I think about how I evaluate Eric Johnson's psyche, most of it is through just being an incredibly narcissistic person and feeling the need to constantly have everything be about him, right? Um, you know, and I, I mean, the, the earliest example I saw that really plainly, right, was the dust up over, I don't remember if it was COVID testing sites or vaccination sites, but when, you know, counselors so had identified sites and volunteers to staff those sites and the mayor scrapped those in favor of coming up with his own plan just for the sake of him being able to say that he did it instead of other people, uh, it's just like that's a, a crazy thing and not a thing that a mentally stable person, you know, and I'm not a psychotherapist, but does, right? Like you shouldn't be interested in who gets the credit for something that just makes things better for people if you're in it for trying to improve people's lives. You know, I, I, I think this latest death step, right, is probably easy, most easily evaluated through the the lens of Eric Johnson deciding that he wants to be mayor again, right? Um, and knowing that the problems with city government, uh, because the mayor and the city council are the only people who face public opinion uh, through the ballot box, right, um, that they feel like they need to do something or else they're going to be out of a job um, when elections come around because people are unhappy with how things are, are going. Um, and, and so I, I think they probably feel like they have to do which, which is another thing, that's another way to make the argument that what Eric Johnson is asking for here is, in fact, reasonable. That if if the city manager's performance is exposing Eric Johnson to criticism, um, I, it's not unreasonable at all for a guy who's not, even not a narcissist to say, this is not acceptable to me. And, and I'm not piling on the narcissism bandwagon, by the way, as a well-known narcissist. I, I have no problem with uh, healthy egos. Yeah, it's just a good way to live, from my, from my standpoint. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. I, it, it's it's hard. It's always hard for me to like. I think that I should refrain from doing too much like uh, armchair psychoanalysis of Eric. But like, uh, it's it seems like fertile ground, right? Like, just the the details that we know about his life, like kind of his his campaign story. It's just like. A lot going on there, you know. Yeah, I, I, a lot of interesting psychological things that could happen from someone who's, you know, like just to be like the 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 whole story of like his teacher uh, securing a scholarship for him at uh, at Green Hill, and then like just the experience of being someone living in West Dallas that's like taking a, a trip to Green Hill every day. Like, I don't know. There's just I'm I'm sure it's very interesting, right? I I find it interesting, you know, as as a and like obviously impressive as well, right? Like I, I don't want to take anything away from it. Like most people, like I, you know, I, I don't think anyone uh, living in West Dallas that people are like, well, they'll probably be mayor eventually. Well, and you know, if you're if you're the type of person who uses perceived slights as motivation, you know, a chippy kind of athlete or mm -hmm. whatever. I I kind of have some respect for that. I kind of even when we see you know Baker Mayfield do this bullshit, mm -hmm. I, I don't really care if it's valid or not. If that's what the person uses to motivate them, but where's the motivation? 
<laughs> you know, we don't see the motivation yeah, yeah, yeah. coming through. What is he using this uh, anger for? Yeah, he's not working late as well, a yeah. result. I mean, to keep, the, to keep the Cowboys in Dallas, right? I mean, that's... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to hold the NFL hostage from his position of great power to give us a, another franchise. The SMU thing just blows my mind constantly. I like I I just I mean I've heard you say that you, know, you think this is a, a path to getting on the board of regents or whatever. Oh, it's a hundred percent a play to be on the board. I mean, in his uh, what I, I saw, but he just does so much. Like he tweets about SMU so much about like the tiniest that like there was a list from like some sports aggregating site of like uh, best alternate uniforms, and they were high on it. And so he's like, check it out. That's our team. They said our uniforms good. Like who cares? Like. Uh, I, the person said to me, played for SMU, and he didn't care. Like, I don't know, man. Uh, yeah. And well, did you see? Let's so never he, let it go and said that SMU continues to not be in the city of Dallas. Yeah. He uh, he did post that. Uh, what I saw, his early supporters list came out last week. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rhett Lashley, the new football coach oh, yeah, at SMU, there. is on that list. All right. Uh, which you know, given as I mean, he should be, yeah. The four months here? he's lived here, I'm sure he has a uh, you know. A terrific... I don't know. <laughs> I I just I mean like uh, you know, if you're the coach at SMU, you probably live in Highland Park, right? They probably have university housing that you get to access. Like my my even my little liberal arts institution had some pretty fantastic houses that they'd put you up in well, if you were high enough up. Excellent in the... athletic program. Oh my God! Have you ever seen the thirteen lateral game against Millsaps? I have. It's terrible. They look like they look like junior high. Um, yeah, no the the, the guy who did uh, my home theater did whatever the last coach was, Doug Morris or mm-hmm. Chad Morris. Yeah, so I'll I'll ask him if it was uh, SMU housing. <laughs> well, you guys seem freaked out by this, but the. So we've we've learned more about TC Broadnax as we've gone along. Um, Hi, Easy. Oh my goodness! Totter's here. <laughs> it's an audio medium, folks, so you can't see the cuteness, but it is pretty intense. Thank you for joining us, Easy. Um, so. When TC Broadnax came down to interview, we were, I was trying to remember who, what, who the internal candidate was that we were very much trying to avoid and that Mike Rawlings was very much trying to hire. And I can't remember who it was at this point, uh-huh. but I do recall the interview with TC um, where he was kind of promising to do a bunch of the stuff he had done in San Antonio and in uh, Tacoma. And he was moving, he was going to start on February 1 or something of 2017. And so we were interviewing him in late 2016. And he said, well, I'm going to come down and I'll spend a month before I go on the job getting to know City Hall. And we were all like, this is awesome. This guy's dedicated. He's going to hit the ground running and all this the thing he didn't tell us is that the new job that we gave him ultimately was sort of coincidental with leaving his wife and kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that part wasn't mentioned so much in the interview. I mean, why would you? I wouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, yeah, you wouldn't, except that then why mention you have a wife and kids? 
Yeah, I I mean I, I don't know. It seems it didn't like a seem totally transparent to, or fair. Yeah, but I don't know. You know, his ultimate responsibility is to himself. Uh, like he, uh, you know, is trying to get this job. Like the I, I it, it's weird because it's like a city, you know, and there's there's uh, other considerations there. But as far as like, you know, if I I don't expect my employers. I've certainly can think of a number of instances where they weren't transparent with me. So I don't feel a lot of uh, owed transparency to them. Like, you know, the, I, I, I'm, I'm going to do what I'm going to say what I got to say to get this money. Like, and you know, if, if he, you know, wants to set he did do that. up with the life. And uh, he gets paid a good deal of money. Pretty good. You deal. know, the thing about it is it's, it's, it's totally in line for the market with the city, the size of Dallas and it's one of those things I always tell people, if your city manager sucks, 150 a year would be too much to pay the, mm. the person, you mm-hmm. know? And if your city manager is awesome, the 400 or 425 we're paying him is the best money we ever spent, right? Yeah. It's all about, I, I, I don't know. I'm Increasingly, as I get older, I'm just always kind of on the side of the person who's cashing the paycheck. Yeah, yeah, that's basically my, what I'm saying. <laughs> Well-known uh, unemployment benefits activist T.C. Fleming, absolutely, is is definitely on the side of the working man, or maybe the not working man. Yeah, I need to figure out the work in Texas site. The <laughs> biggest thing about the change in the COVID stuff is I'd forgotten about the the, the searching for work requirements. I can't believe they put those back in. Like I, I don't know what it looks like. I haven't seen the form in in over twenty years because I've I, got I a just copy don't, if you need it. I just don't do this kind of work. But uh, it, back when I saw, I don't it, do any kind of work. So I, I'm it was like the form now. You had to you had to give them five uh, names a month in order to keep your benefits, or was it a couple of, a week, something like it's that? Three a week right now, and it was just a it was just this janky word format document yeah, no, it's a pdf like i, I think you fill in i think the def- like they they tell you you can keep as long as it contains that information you can keep your own spreadsheet so i'm going to make my own spreadsheet but i i think that the baseline expectation is that i print out this thing that they've given me and write it like it's not something you can fill out another way do you think there's any chance anybody's checking those I mean, I don't, we'll see, right? If I worked for the Texas Workforce Commission and my job was to check those references, I promise you I would never do it one time. I would just collect the check and be like, yeah, these people are looking for work. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. But we're a state that uh, certainly would like to do things that are uh, aggressively unhelpful to people who don't have jobs. So <laughs> I, it wouldn't surprise me if we were number one in the nation in calling and making sure. We so call what, that we call that freedom. That's my thesis yeah. of all things Texas. We, we, a lot of With freedom. With the B on the end, a lot of freedom here. Um, so, so I mean, maybe later in this week, you and TC Broadnax could take a trip to the <laughs> TWC together to turn in your uh, your your prospect forms. Are you trying to find work? Yeah. <laughs> so you you you're very confident that he will not that he will survive the vote. I'm not confident either way. It okay. seems very coin flippy to me. The people, so when I first saw I mean, it, If you're saying it's 10 and you don't know how they get to nine, then it sounds like they're two votes away. I gotcha, but they don't need 10 to cut his pay. 
Okay. Or to set up an improvement plan, right? Uh, of yeah. Some kind a PIP. Or, I mean, you, you want to make me quit a job? Give me a, a PIP. I, I'll be happy to get the hell out. Yeah. Um, actually, it's never been hard to get me to quit. Um, <laughs> the, <laughs> um, no. The, so the, the three signature memo that was published on Wednesday or Thursday. Friday. It was Friday. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I was in. I got to tell you all about this other thing. I was in trial on on Friday against the city and my phone started blowing up as I'm in the middle of an examination. So um, the the three signature memo was signed by. You're not going to silence it during that time? It, Just turn off notifications. You're at trial, Philip. It was on silent, but I could see it. It was the sitting messages, there on my yeah. desk. It was a it was a remote. I have uh, a bat phone to Philip. It's actually yeah. when I text Philip, it just yeah, it cuts through all. <laughs> I, yeah, varying levels of alert depending on <laughs> depending on who's calling. Um, the um, it, um, so the three signature memo was Kara, Gay, and Paula. Paula. Yep, and. Um, Gay's interesting. Gay seems yeah. I, I, to, I would love to know what you think about how she arrived here. Oh, I don't know specifically, but I can tell you in general, she had something she wanted done. TC didn't do it or actively frustrated it. She's pissed. There's I don't know what it is, but it's out there for sure. Okay. Um, but it, you I know, think that's actually her direct quote uh, that was in the paper was projects in her district that. We're not moving forward, mm-hmm. right? So this, I like all three of those women. I have pretty good relationships with them. Um, I'm having, I'm hosting Paula and her husband for uh, dinner next week at the Agave Festival in Marfa. You know, Gay, sounds wonderful. Gay and I have been friends for I don't know how long. Um, and even Kara, who I get on the other side of sometimes politically, still, you know, you know, we swap messages every now and then. I mean, they, I, these are, but what I was going to say is n- none of the three of those are somebody who has a history of sort of build, you know, forging a coalition out of the council and driving something forward. So when I first saw this three signature memo, for one thing, a three signature memo is a good indication you don't have a five signature memo, and a three signature memo only entitles you to a special called meeting. Something I did once on the Trinity Toll Road thing. Mm-hmm. It doesn't work because nobody has to go to a special called meeting, and so getting a quorum's almost impossible. And even if you do, the mayor can convene the meeting and immediately adjourn it, which is what Rawlings did to us. Mm-hmm. Um, now. It served our purposes back then. It showed that he was not willing to discuss any changes to the Trinity Toll Road. But uh, a five signature memo forces the issue onto the agenda. Now, obviously, they don't need that because they've already got the mayor in hand. But I thought if they if they only had those three, even though I like those three people, it didn't. Three doesn't look anything like ten to me. Obviously. So then I, I, a birdie told me that they have a five signature memo that they had also shown to TC Broadnax mm-hmm. to, to, to emphasize that this was serious, that this discussion was going to take place. And for reference, back in 2016, yeah, that's right, when I finally got five signatures to put a no confidence vote on the agenda for AC Gonzalez, he quit the next day. Mm-hmm. He announced his retirement the next day, 
and the next day was Memorial Day. <laughs> I mean, City Hall wasn't even open, and this guy was was quitting. Um, so it's you know generally once council gets this serious, it, it it tends to snowball. And so the fact that TC is like, I call, show your cards. That is very interesting to me. And as we've been talking about, some some people have suggested to me that they felt confident that they had nine votes. And as we're counting these noses here and looking at public comments, I don't see how that's possible. I really don't see how that is possible. I think they max out at eight and they may only have seven. Now, I got to say, if seven members of a 15-member governing body don't like you and want you gone, Mm -hmm. it's time to start thinking about your future, either agreeing with them and saying, I'm tired and go, or make some extremely meaningful changes and try try to really fix the relationships. And either one of those things, in this instance, I think could wind up being positive. I, I take your concern tc that the next one might be way worse especially if eric gets to pick um but he won't get to pick uh he still doesn't have a strong coalition on council and they will do a national search there's no one inside the building right now that is like a super dynamic person who's got eight votes already or whatever like that there's just no TC has not developed a second banana other than a guy named Majid Al-Gaffrey, who just recently gave counsel an update on the permitting office that they didn't like at all. So I think he's not necessarily, a, you know, well positioned to take over for his boss. So I think Previous he'd be looking for an outsider. Huh? Previous podcast guest, though. You had Majid on? I did. Wow. That is some wonkish podcasting. Uh, it was whenever the, like a bond had just passed and he uh-huh. was, you know, first and like, it was his responsibility to, so I was just, what's in this bond and what are you going to do? Well, that was episode. the 2017 bond package. All of those bonds were authorized in November of 2017 and all of the projects are due to be completed by December of this year. And let me tell you. <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. That wasn't really uh, what was said in the the episode. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I just I don't, I don't like I said I I think the be- the best path forward for the city is the one that you laid out where TC takes this as a serious like I need to do things better you know I need to refocus and like give my 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 top ideas to to what's going on here. Um, just I, I you know we. Tyler, you were saying before about like, uh, you know, what's what's Eric's long term plan? Is it to run for office as a Republican? Uh, and I, I think that's definitely a possibility. But I, I think that all of his Republican stuff now, um, it's it's not like uh, based on future considerations. It's based on current considerations. The people who put him into office are Republicans. Correct. But and, they aren't going to back anybody else either. Right. I mean, that's the. I mean, they got a lot of choices, right? Like, uh, you know, the, the of the nine people that uh, ran for uh, council last time, I'm I'm sure there's what uh, I mean, easily three or four that they could future Dallas he's, Mayor he's David gonna, Blewett. Is that? Uh... Oh God, he he is gonna <laughs> he is gonna have a competition, but his uh, first fundraiser guest list got out in the public this last week. 
And it's extremely clear that Eric has held his right wing mm-hmm. coalition together extremely well. How would he not have? He's th- those are the only people he's serving. Like his actions, I don't like. He does things all like what what you were saying about the protest stuff. Like that that was not an effort to win the city. That was an effort to win the people who put him in office. So if if he didn't accomplish that, it would be surprising to me. What else could they have possibly wanted from him? They wanted that. They wanted the the convention center deal, and they're they, they're it, it looks like they're getting it. So they're probably reasonably happy with him, even if the first two years he didn't do a damn thing. Um, I mean, what are the things that they want? You know, like mm-hmm. I, I think that as long as you're not okaying spending that isn't going to directly benefit them, and yeah, that you give them the one item that they're asking for in the convention center, I, I, I have to think that uh, you know th- this administration has not been a success for a lot of people, but I would think it's a success for them. Yeah, but I don't know how, get, how it gets repeated because the other part of his coalition from 2019 was black people. And I don't think he's held that together at all. We'll see. I don't know. You're very you're very soured on the uh, the municipal voter in Dallas. I don't like too many voters anywhere. <laughs> Yeah, I just, uh, I, 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 and I think that, you know, whenever I look at Eric's actions and he seems to, in my mind, whenever you're trying to explain a lot of the things he's doing, I, I think that uh, an explanation that often works is the people who put him into office are Ted Cruz's donors. And uh, what what would they like to see happen? Oftentimes that's what happens. Uh, so if, if it's time to search for a new uh, city manager, I think that it, it's going to be half – like for him to support someone, it's going to be have to be someone that they sign off on. And uh, I just I, – I don't like – you know, the, there are people who see the world in drastically different ways than I do. Uh, and so, you know, like uh, I, I have to think I wouldn't like the outcome of that. I mean – and like, you know, you saying like I, – I totally buy what you're saying of like he's not someone who's good at – like, you know, if, if he did have a candidate that he wanted to advance – um, like he, he would, he would have a tough time just, uh, it's not a strength of his to convince everyone else that that's what they should do. But I don't see a lot of, I mean, like what you were saying earlier about the council of like, there's just not a ton of people sticking their neck out. I think that you'd have to like to, to shepherd through a candidate that someone who Eric and Eric's people are against or are not enthusiastic about would require sticking your neck out and doing some aggressive things. And I, I don't know who the person on council is that's going to come up with an alternate candidate that they then are able to get through the process. Like I, I think that Eric's chances of doing it are better than a random council person. I don't know about that. I think that you're going to wind up in a situation where, I mean, for instance, look at the city attorney search. He had his preferred candidate and he had exactly one vote for that candidate. He did. He not only didn't do a good job of getting eight together, he didn't get two together. That's uh, a point. So, you know, and I'm not happy with the way the city attorney search turned out. That didn't, that didn't do anything good for Dallas. And I, I am reliably told that that's the, the next evaluation that the council will take up. Um, but 
Eric absolutely did not run that thing. That was not that he, he exercised no power over that whatsoever. Now, maybe he thinks he obviously these people are telling themselves they have nine votes. Maybe he thinks he has nine votes for something, but it's going to also depend heavily on who the search turns up. And there's yeah. going to be a massive, massive amount of pressure to give a Latino a shot. Sure. Yeah, but I, that, that's a great point. But like, you know, if you're not happy with the uh, uh, attorney search, then I would say that you're probably not going to be happy with the city manager search. So let's not go on one. Well, um, I, I don't know if this is going to happen, but someone mentioned to me that there will be a search committee uh, that will involve members of the public and that and believe me, I don't think there's one chance anybody would put me on this committee but I've been told by somebody that I will be at least discussed. <laughs> <laughs> the guy that put us in this mess by selecting Broadnax, exactly. I don't want him near the process. Ex well, and honestly, you know, um, as I was arguing with a city attorney about uh, a problem in the permitting office you? Um, for a client. I was, I he was, gets paid to I was getting, now. I was getting, I was worried, <laughs> and it's a friend of mine, and she said, Weren't you the guy who wanted Broadnax? <laughs> I was like, God bless. And I don't really have a good comeback for that right now. Uh, at the risk of, of digging up too old of a conversation, it, what Dallas voters in 2010 last discussed the city manager position, right? And whether or not we wanted to continue with the city manager form of government or scrap that for a strong mayor system is that... Was that in 2010? In my at least history reading was 2010. I'm not doubting guess, you. I yeah, just, my I question was, being, I was in the middle of it. I just it, came remember yeah. what year it was. Is it time oh, to have really that really conversation right. again? I mean, it's like it's a huge deal for the city, right? Like, uh, but and and I care about the city's government, but I I never feel myself feeling an especially strong opinion, like. Uh, you know, uh, there, there's cities, I mean, Philip, I'd certainly want to hear your answer on it, but there's cities that uh, have succeeded both ways. I, I think that, like, if if you do it right, uh, you can do either way correctly. I don't I don't know that, like, all of our problems would be transformed. Like, I, I don't like any of our mayors, so it's not like I wish that they had more power. Uh, but I also don't think that this way is perfect. It, it just seems like it's... Uh, it's just not it's not a driving factor in whether or not the city government is successful it like you you just got to get so many other things before then right uh, i mean starting with the electorate right like if if you have a bad electorate what's the way that you're going to have a good government that's the thing that people never want to admit when they're talking about whether the system of government is holding back the entity is whether the voters really want it this way and i don't see any convincing case that the vote, the municipal voters of the city of Dallas want this shit to run any different way than it than it actually runs. I don't I, see any evidence that the electorate is aware that it's a uh, well <laughs> until they are right and, and they're upset. I mean, I guess that's the the point that I, I I guess I where I come at at this from is sort of thinking about you know if you're upset that things aren't changing quickly enough and one of the the primary problems about that currently is that there are multiple people that are in those positions that don't have, you know, one has things that the other one doesn't have and vice versa, that a way around that is is getting rid of two for one, right? Um, and that, you know, 
I think generally, right, I would say, uh, and this is probably as uh, Philip had described me earlier as the, the optimist of the podcast, um, which is funny to people that know me well, but that generally I'm like a fan of more democracy, not less democracy. And I, I do think that, you know, things would be better if people had a better understanding of the things that the city does. What are the constraints to our current system of, of government that keep things from happening more quickly, right? Are people being more responsive to the folks' uh, concerns? And I think, you know, again, the, the system of government doesn't work for people um, and people get mad about that and they want to have a, a ability to change that. Well, I think it's always a valuable discussion to have. Um, right. And I get that we did it what, in the 30s to keep the Klan from taking over. Uh, right, in, in that was at least a justification. A justification for it, for it right? Um, the uh, the 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 moneyed uh, ruling class certainly seemed to have also seen a, a potential for being able to use it to their to advantage. Their, correct. <laughs> yeah. Sure. But the uh, I would say when when you have this discussion, this on the side of council manager forms of government, like Dallas has, people point at San Antonio and Phoenix both larger cities than Dallas and say works fine there. Those are two of the best managed cities in America. I'm not allowing good and, things to be said about Phoenix on this podcast. Uh, well, uh, I have some, I have style criticism for Phoenix, but in terms of like, you know, does, does, does stuff kind of work there? It, it sort of works. Um, and I would say, unfortunately, Dallas has become an example of a council manager managed uh, city government that does not work very well. but And on the strong mayor side, it, I don't think Eric Adams is any great leader. I, I'm not a big fan of Mike Bloomberg, but when you look at does New York City kind of work? Yeah, it, it's generally right, or, thought I mean, to in, in be Texas, so, right? yeah, Houston, to, right? to kind of work. I don't and, think they work. And then, you know, and then Chicago is a strong mayor system that clearly doesn't work for shit. You know, it, it's, well, because they've elected bad mayors. Right. I mean, that's. Yeah. Yeah. But you know what? <laughs> so have we. Yeah. <laughs> well, when, yeah. that's all I'm saying is that you can find examples of 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 all kinds of systems that work in some places and don't work in others. And I think that the real magic in those is the details, is looking into, well, how much power does the New York City Council actually have and can they change the course of the mayor's office? They can a little bit. Chicago, they can too, but the alderman system seems to be so corrupted that it doesn't really work for the people all that well. Mm. Um, and so it it allows for the kinds of clusterfucks that you've seen reported from Chicago from the last several years. Uh, and then, of course, Rom and Lori deserve plenty of criticism mm -hmm. as well. But I, I think it's in the details. And the so the 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 Blackwood Amendment that we discussed, I think it was in the two thousands uh, to do strong mayor was. <laughs> Beth Ann is a friend of mine, so I hope she is not offended by this. It was not well thought out. It would not have created, it would have created a massively strong mayor, stronger than probably anywhere else in the country with no checks and balances. Then we could have uh, two golf courses that the Nelson left. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. That'd be wonderful. <laughs> 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 uh, 
Yeah, I just, I, I don't know. Uh, well, it's, the, yeah, I mean, when you play the Land of Imagine If, right, it's it's a strong mayor system. It's, you know, it does our, our current city council system of being, you know, single member districts without any folks that are elected at large other than the mayor. You know, is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Does that make folks more beholden to their individual districts? And so there's fewer people that are, uh, to use the good word of Dallas's antiquity, thinking about the city of Dallas as a as a whole, right? Um, and, and I don't buy into any of that shit. At-large members always consolidate power for the mayor. That's just a way of strengthening yeah. the office of the mayor in a council manager system. Because, um, you know, it... it Sophisticated groups like the Citizens Council used to use the at-large positions to uh, put in a Latino every now and then or a black person every now and then, and it was the one they wanted, you know? Mm-hmm. And that that never really went all that well for minority representation. And do we benefit from city councilors having two-year cycles? Should we move to four-year? I think once? four... I, honestly, I think four-year could do a lot of good. I think given... I always thought that I was sort of um, replacement level brave, that I would just, that anybody in the position would kind of do what I did. And obviously that is not close to the case. And it may have been stupid for me to assume that, but I think a little bit longer term can help a person who's not sort of uh, constitutionally inclined toward courage to develop some more. If, if, and if there's even no know what's going runway. on, right? I mean, I think it, as a former city council person, it takes mm-hmm. a year to know what the hell you're even doing, right? There's um, something to that. You know, uh, and I thought this interesting sort of changing, we talked about the calculus of the council, you know, it felt like they were very adversarial towards Eric last year. And it seems in the last year that has shifted a lot. I, right? I think Eric's done a number of things to, uh, he, he, his whole temperament to me seems like He's begun to worry about re-election now in a way that he wasn't his first two years. And I, I think that supports Philip's point. That seems exceptionally obvious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, he's just trying to make it. Like, it's, it, it, it highlights how little he was trying to make a case for what he was doing before. <laughs> that Now he'll occasionally tweet out, like, uh, hey, we passed some things. <laughs> um, <laughs> Football uniforms are great. Southwest Airlines made me wear a mask. <laughs> Did he? Have, I I don't actually follow him. You need uh, to. That, I don't yeah, want to. He's the Trump of the Trinity. No, That's, they uh, they yeah. make me. Whatever his tweets get sent to me, I feel anger. So I don't want more anger. I've been trying to figure out how to get on his uh, mailing his email update list. Oh, I can get you on that. I, I have continued to find, and I can't find ways other than signing up on his website as an endorser, uh, and I do not want to do that at all. Uh, I lived in Dallas for, I was sharing this with TC before you got here, Philip. Uh, I think it took me maybe like five days of living in the city of Dallas to develop a dislike for uh, Eric Johnson. How did so, he do that so fast? I think basically just being like, the hell does this guy do it? Like he doesn't do anything. Uh, yeah. When you start looking into it, it's just not a lot. To really recommend, it's thin, man. Yeah. It's real thin. <laughs> but but I just it, it, it's I in some ways like like the way that he chose to use it, uh, his two year period of not having to worry about reelection. Um, I don't think it's ideal. I wouldn't want. And I mean, I guess it's you know watching the way that he did it, it, it you know should give you some caution about the idea. 
But, uh, you know, I mean, there's no perfect uh, solutions to these things. And I, I would like to see, like, I, I think that in general, not having to worry about re-election, you know, frees you up to do some things that, uh, you know, I'd probably like to see done. Uh, and, and it was, it's clear to me that he has behaved differently, uh, you know, in the, in the second two years of the term than the first two. And I think that that's the reason. Uh, I, I have heard many behind the scenes stories that back that up entirely, including attitude adjustment, actually talking to council members, something that literally stopped for more than a year. Yeah. Like was not talking to his colleagues. It's, that's a little bit crazy, but you know, yeah, I code was hard on us all. (laughs) (laughs) Um, anyway, I, I think the. If, if we're trying to summarize, I think Wednesday is a wild card and I think it's going to be in a closed session. So it's going to be very anticlimactic for uh, municipal government nerds who would prefer to hear that kind of discussion. Yeah, what do you open. think about it being in a closed session? Uh, the council has to. For legal reasons, right? When it, it's perf- well, yeah, but like, do you the think council that's has good- to have the ability to put it into a closed session so that they can talk about personnel issues, which are frequently inter- intertwined yeah. with legal issues. And also you just don't want personnel discussions to get out in the public. Um, Lots of litigiousness. Can well, and also the employee, yeah. it's not really fair yeah. to the employee. Um, now the employee can demand that the discussion take place in public. Yeah. I'll tell you that that's a one little quirk of the law and if I were TC, I would do that. Yeah, I, think I, would, I would be too. like, you're not having any closed session. You you say all that you say all that stuff out here. Yeah, it's just like if it were. I mean, I don't think the council can like, uh, you know, have like a, a this kind of discussion about like a a, a minor employee, right? Uh, but it just it just no, feels they're not diff- allowed to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, uh, I I don't know. The performance of the city manager is just so essential for the public to understand. Correct. It seems to me like you what, now the interesting have the same thing rules that I, governing it. from reading Tanel's comments, what his performance evaluation was already supposed to happen in June anyway. Did you see that in the the reporting that uh, like his annual performance evaluation was supposed to happen like the twenty eighth of June? I did see that, and I always think it's funny how. His, how annual performance evaluations for city managers and city attorneys and the, the, the employees that report directly to the council always seem to be happening on a 13 to 15 month basis rather than a 12 month. Mm. Recall that he was hired in February, February. <laughs> and he's managed to shift that annual performance review down the road to June. By the time, if he, if he hangs on this week, that he may actually get to skip an entire year of review at some point by simply having pushed it farther down the road. I'm going to study those tactics, see if I can repeat them. Yeah. Well, cool. Um, I mean, I don't know. If you guys got more to talk about, I don't mean to cut it off, but... It'll be interesting to watch uh, to see what happens. That's Or that, doesn't happen. Yeah, that, I mean, it's... Um, you'll just have to use the theater of the mind while you're eating your popcorn, but it, it I guarantee it's going to be a tense um, executive session room. I mean, they... They go to the session and they they have a discussion afterwards, right? They it, well, they don't have to. They don't have to unless they're voting. They have to do that in public, and right? they won't be voting. I don't believe because I don't think this is a voting agenda meeting. So they would have to declare an emergency in order to, which I think vote. They, they 
did. I think that's the Wednesday. I think that was part of the special called meeting. Uh, no, I, I heard that. No. I heard that Chris Queso ruled that they cannot okay. declare an emergency and vote. Okay. Um, but it, it kind of doesn't matter. You know, it just doesn't matter. If there's a consensus in the executive session, somebody is going to make an announcement. I mean, Eric Johnson retweeted every article about this uh, since Friday. Um, yeah, and he did that the first time. Whenever he had, like, that sharp statement about TC. He, and he had no votes. <laughs> and he retweeted, like, three or four different articles, like, making sure you saw his statement. I, I don't know, man. I just... I, he... I... <laughs> I just look at he just doesn't seem like he's happy and he doesn't seem like there's a path to like I don't know that's such like a personal thing I almost feel bad for saying that in public but like uh that is my like anytime I just see stuff about Eric I'm just like I just wish I could like have a heart to heart with this guy. He's a fascinating. I mean yeah, I thought about what was his camp crusade last year was uh defending the or defunding the bureaucracy. Yes. Uh, yes. And the way that he did it was basically like Boy, everybody that works at the city is just terrible at their job and makes way too damn much money. And it's like probably not a way to get people to support you. I mean, no, I, also, as again, as a politician, I think you could have been like, hey, COVID has made things really hard on everybody. And like every true. American family, uh, you know, we have to, you know, watch our, our, our budgets. And so I know he didn't do that. I He's, wish that I could secretly microdose him with MDMA or LSD. <laughs> That's think, what I'm saying. Yeah, <laughs> I think there's like I think there's a reset thing that he needs that he you know he's clearly you you say stuff like this all the time. We're all hurt people and <laughs> hurt people hurt he, people. He's hurt somehow, and I would like to I would like to cure him without his consent. <laughs> I just want to talk him into his consent. You know, whatever I say, anytime I say like I want I want to sit down with this person and like how I mean you know on hallucinogenics. <laughs> it's a good plan honestly this could if be if you try to make progress like it just opens yeah you know you, like, you, this is a way better um career path for you than merrill lynch yeah i do i think i would do great just helping I think various you would, world really. leaders do you ever read that uh i'd never know whether to believe it but it was accompanied by a picture uh the like there's a guy just a random guy that was like backpacking in France and like selling acid to like other backpackers in France who says that uh, like Vladimir Putin as a young man came through and was like doing acid with them and like visiting Jim Morrison's grave and like crying together and like. Uh, I don't know. I just I just want to do that over and so over. So it feels like if it didn't work for him, but no, you know, I think I, maybe I it, maybe it did maybe work it for him, TC, because well. then he went into the KGB, right? I don't I don't know if it's that or if it's like uh, after the KGB, he's trying to find himself or something. I I don't know the timeline. He went he went pretty much straight from the KGB into running everything. So okay. I don't I don't think there's. I mean, it, obviously, there was a collapse of the KGB at some point, but I, uh, I, I think you're talking about yeah. a period of time uh, when he was a much younger dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. I, I think I think his I think the period of time in which he was hurt, which is causing him to hurt other people, is just later than this guy's recollection. Uh, well, I mean, I with everyone, I I'm fairly confident the period where they were hurt was you know like zero to ten. Yeah. Well, anyway, I feel sure that uh, 
just like in anybody else, I'm a hurt person. So yeah, when, when it's time to sit down with, with uh, TC Fleming, uh, on hallucinogens and, and work through my issues, I'm, I'm game. Let's do it. It's, uh, it's cool. It's cool talking to you guys. You guys are fun. Thank you for uh, making time. It's great. When we need another uh, TC on TC opinion, we'll be sure to uh, reach out to our, <laughs> our head TC Happy correspondent. Anytime. Yeah. <laughs>